0: Hello and welcome to the Americano podcast, a series of discussions about American politics and now the Joe Biden presidency. We will be looking at how a 78-year-old president will change America and we'll be asking if normalcy, which is what he promised to bring, has returned to American politics. The answer, of course, is no. I'm joined today by Amber Athey, who is our Washington editor. And we're going to be asking, is Joe Biden okay? Now, Amber, you can get into a bit of trouble. I've noticed, particularly in this country, probably more than America. In fact, if you start talking about Joe Biden's mental health, because it's considered rude and a sort of mean right wing thing to say. And it's sort of it's come from Trump world, this idea that Biden isn't right. But the problem is, as his presidency goes on, As you point out in an excellent piece this week called We Need to Talk About Joe Biden, it's becoming increasingly obvious that his mental faculties really aren't all there. How worried are you as an American about the state of your president?
1: Very worried. And, you know, during the campaign, it was kind of a joke. People found it quite funny, these various gaffes that Joe Biden would make and... You know, President Donald Trump would put out these memes sort of mocking Joe Biden. Now that he's actually in the Oval Office, and particularly this week, negotiating with foreign leaders at the United Nations, it is pretty terrifying to see that this man, who's clearly not in control of all of his mental faculties, is in charge of foreign policy, war-making, trade negotiations, all of the things that come along with that, that affect national security, for Americans, it is quite disturbing to know that the person who is making those decisions, if he is even making those decisions, to be fair, is not all there.
0: So we had this event with presser with British Prime Minister Boris Johnson, and I think Boris Johnson sort of sprung questions on, and that's what the impression we get, the understanding that we have, that uh, it wasn't planned And Boris just sort of threw some questions to journalists without telling the White House that he was going to do that. And there was a sort of notable panic, wasn't there, in the room?
1: There was. White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki blamed this entire chaotic situation on Prime Minister Boris Johnson, which in and of itself is quite disrespectful to do. It's not a good idea to throw, you know, a foreign leader under the bus like that. But usually during these pool sprays in the Oval Office, when the president sits down with a foreign leader, there are questions that are given to the reporters that are in the room that's pretty standard it happened at every single one i attended during the trump administration in this case it was quite clear that biden's communications team did not want him to take any questions And they were so strict about that that they actually cut off Boris Johnson in the middle of his sentence when he was responding to a British reporter to make sure that American reporters were not able to start throwing questions to Joe Biden. And then the Wranglers, as they're called, which are the individuals on the communications staff who are responsible for ushering the press out of the Oval Office after the question and answer period is over, started shouting over President Joe Biden as he appeared to try to answer a question about the situation on the southern border. It was so bad that the White House press court went and filed a formal complaint with Jen Psaki saying that it was anti-free press essentially to not allow American reporters any questions during the event and then to shout over the president so they couldn't hear his answer.
0: I suppose we should be grateful, Brits like me should be grateful that he did remember Boris Johnson's name because... Earlier, he had an event with Scott Morrison, the Australian Prime Minister, and he was only able to call him uh, the, the guy from Down Under, I think he said.
1: Yeah, pal and that fella Down Under.
0: <laughs> down Under, yeah. You see, That's I'm seeing right. too, I can remember the quote. I mean, he's, he's just not all there, I think, and, and it, it's frustrating that it's taken so long for people to start admitting it. I think people are now, there was quite a lot of response to your piece, I think people are beginning, not just the political right, people are beginning to concede that there may be a, a problem there.
1: Yeah, and that wasn't the only gap that he made during the United Nations General Assembly. Also during his address, which was a teleprompter speech, he repeatedly confused the United Nations with the United States. So he referred to that organization, the United States, for example, and kept replacing the UN with the US. And that's from a speech that's written down, right? He's not even able to read off of a teleprompter which just goes to show how bad this problem has become. I think during the campaign, he was at least able to somewhat get through these shorter pre-written and pre-recorded speeches. Now he's seemingly lost the ability to even read from a note card. And speaking of note cards, he had one during that sit down with Boris Johnson in the Oval Office, which a Reuters photographer was able to catch on camera. And it contained about three paragraphs of very obvious things that a normal president would not forget to say when sitting down with a world leader. Things as simple as thanking him for coming to the Oval Office or thanking him for his hospitality when him and Jill Biden visited the UK. Very basic statements. He needed to have those printed out on a laminated note card when having a meeting with a foreign leader. It's really reached untenable levels and I have seen even people on the left start to express concerns about his mental state.
0: And it's not just, as you suggest in your piece, Amber, it's not just, you know, right-wing snickering at him being incompetent, just like left-wing people used to snicker at Bush making all his gaffes. It's actually quite sad for, and worrying for all Americans, because it's, it's a man who's clearly in decline. And, you know, there is speculation that he, he did have two brain aneurysms in the 1980s. He, he just might not be all there.
1: Yeah. And I think that there's a difference between just normal gaff making and issues with memory and recall. And the latter is what we're seeing with Joe Biden. So it's one thing when a politician clearly just has a Freudian slip or makes a funny statement, because when you're speaking in public that often, it's pretty common for for politicians to make mistakes or make silly statements. But when you're forgetting the names of world leaders when you're unable to make it through a teleprompter speech without stumbling over your words, when you're slurring or getting angry with reporters for daring to ask you questions, that speaks more to some type of illness or issue with old age, cognitive disability, than it does a normal part of being a politician and making gaffes.
0: What do you say to people who say, well, Reagan was pretty much gaga for his last term And, you know, Biden really can just be a vessel for an administration that's actually quite dynamic and active.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think it's probably a fair comparison. I obviously wasn't alive during the Reagan years, so I uh, did not experience that firsthand to see the cognitive comparison there. But isn't it concerning for Joe Biden to essentially be a front for people who are making the decisions? Shouldn't the president, the commander in chief be the person capable of running the administration and not just being guided by his staff like a puppet. I think that's actually worse for democracy, for us to have this figurehead who is taking orders from people who were unelected, who were appointed by Joe Biden. That is not how a democratic republic is supposed to work. For all of the criticism of former President Donald Trump, he was accused of being rash, of being narcissistic, of being impulsive. At least we knew that he was the one behind the driver's wheel.
0: Yes, even if he also often forgot people's names. But I think I mean, the, the, the speculation is always, of course, that Kamala Harris will at some point step in, but she hasn't been quite the force that we thought or that people expected her to be within the administration.
1: Right, she's taken a back seat. I think that's for two reasons. One, I there seems to be a lot of tension actually between Biden's team and Kamala's team. And particularly with Biden's team putting her in charge of the border crisis, that seemed to be a dig more than anything because they know that crisis is unsolvable because it's one of their own creation and the policies that they have either implemented or rescinded. But also Kamala herself is likely looking at this disastrous administration where you do have the border crisis, you have the with the awful pull out of troops from Afghanistan and a variety in the failing domestic agenda this week, the Democrats are having a hard time passing Biden's proposed infrastructure reconciliation packages. I imagine Kamala is looking at this and saying, it's probably better for me to be in the background right now and not be a public face of this administration, because then I have some plausible deniability in 2024, perhaps sooner, of how much involvement I actually had in making those mistakes.
0: Amber, it's always great talking to you. Thanks for coming on.